0: Today, let's stand and worship our Savior this morning. Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah.
1: truth. I want to ask you a question. Do you have someone that fights your battles for you? Can you imagine life without God? The fact that he can look out for us. He can pave the way for us. He can fight any battle that you are going through today. And we're just so thankful for that. Great big welcome to those online. Thank you so much for joining us all across the country. We love you. We just want to continue in the spirit of worship. Remember on the third song, you're more than welcome to come to the altar and pray with an elder or a pastor. No need is too small. Let's just keep worshiping together.
0: enfin
2: in the offering as we will be drawing for gift cards after church. You are also invited to stay for an ice cream Sunday. Can you never wait until it's time? We hope you will choose Cap City as your church family. Don't miss the fourth annual in and Fish Fry this Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Fish is served starting at 11 a.m. and there will also be a special tribute to 9-11. Come and join us for a great day. All proceeds will go to missions. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online at capcitychurch.live. You can give through Cash App at Capital City Church and you can give by writing a check or giving cash. Our ushers will be receiving the offering at the end of service. Don't forget to drop your connection card in the offering today. Let's join together to study God's Word as Pastor Phil brings the message in week three of Overcoming.
3: Good morning. That was pretty good. Come on. Good morning. good morning. All right. Tell somebody I'm glad it's dry in here, huh? I tell you, it has been really a great, great weekend. And boy, I thank God for the wonderful, wonderful spirit of worship this morning. Can we just give God a praise this morning for his presence here today? Amen. You know, I was, I was thinking as I was down there worshiping and praising the Lord. I mean, if you can't preach after that, you just can't preach. Amen. And uh, we're just so glad that all of you are here. And, and uh, a little little change of, of, of plan, praise team. I want you all uh, to be ready to sing that song again at the end of my sermon. And because today we're talking just about that, how God only calls you to what he will carry you through. He'll only call you to something that he will walk through with you. We're in this series called Overcomer. Today is part three. And if you've not uh, been here for the one or or two of the weeks past, I encourage you to go online, go back and watch those. Uh, I just know that God has some real, uh, real uh, uh, special word for you through this series that he wants to use you in an amazing way. And I know a lot of times we think, you know what I I don't know. I don't really have any special skills. I don't really have uh any special training, any special education. I'm just not really sure if God can use me. And I want to tell you something the the less you have, the more God can use you. And that's what we're learning in this series. He he tends to choose the people that need him the most because they're the ones that are going to what? Depend on him the most. Amen. And so I want to share a verse. I put it there in the top of your notes. It goes right along with our series today. John, first uh, John four, four, but you belong to God. Tell the person beside you, you belong to God. Amen. And then tell the other person, you do too. We just need to establish that right now. Okay. You belong to God. Watch this. My dear children, you have already won a victory over Those people. Now you have to understand what he's talking about. He's talking about false prophets. He's talking about uh, teachers who who will try to uh, get in the way of God's call. He's talking about those that are our enemies. Talking about those that are trying to stand in your way of doing what is right. In fact, really, he could be talking about sometimes ourselves because many times we're the one that gets on our own way the worst. Amen. And so he says, "I, I, you have won the victory over those people. Why? Because." The spirit who lives in you is, watch this, greater than the spirit who lives in this world. World, huh? Amen. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. Can I get a good amen on that one right there before we even get started? Amen. And so today, last week, uh, we looked at the call of Gideon and how God found him hiding in the, in the wine press, threshing wheat. And you'd think, well, why was he threshing wheat in the wine press? Because the, the wheat thresher was up on the top of the hill. He didn't want the enemy to find him. So he's hiding in the wine press, doing, doing whatever he can do to kind of make ends meet and get some food and the Lord found him here and, and said, "You are a mighty man of valor i 'm here to tell you this morning in Christ, you are a mighty man and woman of valor. You have to understand that i 'm saying that that 's right i 'm talking to you. You are a man or a woman of value and of valor. In fact, you are a hero today. I want you to know that. you say, well, wait a minute i don 't feel like a hero i don 't think i 'm a hero that 's great you 're right where you need to be for today sermon. Are you ready? Today, I want to look at, uh, at the call of Moses that God gave to him to lead the people out of Egypt. And, and, and if you've ever watched uh, the Ten Commandments on television, where they play it every year around holiday time. I think pretty much everybody knows the story of the Ten Commandments, the story of, of uh, the children of Israel uh, being led out of Egypt by Moses. And So I don't have time to tell that whole story. It's a long story that goes over several chapters. But today, I wanna focus on Moses' call because here's what I know. God has a call for every one of you today. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of you. If you're breathing today, if you're breathing, God has a call for you. If you're not breathing, raise your hand. We'll call an ambulance, all right? So what I'm going to do, rather than tell the story, and this is not in your notes, I didn't have room to put it in there. So just listen, I want to set the story up where we're going to pick up in verse 11, but in Exodus chapter three, if you want to follow along, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter three, and we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of camp out in Exodus chapter three and four, and then close out in chapter seven. There's a lot of chapters and we won't look at all of them, but I want to focus primarily on God's specific interaction and motivation. Moses' reaction when he called him into the ministry of the word. Are you ready? Exodus chapter three. I'm going to begin verse one. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Now get this. Moses is a shepherd. All right. Moses is just a regular guy. He's out in the field. He's tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. He had the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. How many times, just stop right there for a moment. Have you said to yourself along your Christian walk, I think God might be showing me a sign. I think God might be leading me in a direction. I sense something over there that's different. I sense something over here that's a little different. I think I should go and see it. I think I should go and investigate. But then how many times has the enemy kind of crept into our mind and go, no, no, that's just a fluke. Bushes burn all the time out in the desert. You know, that, that just happens. Don't worry about it. I want you to know that if we're really looking, if we're really paying attention, if we're following God along the path that he's leading us right now, we will have experiences where God compels us to listen. Are you ready to listen? All right. I must go see it, he says. Verse four, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, listen to this, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Let me tell you something. God sees what you're going through right now. God knows what you're facing right now. God knows the difficulty that you're dealing with right now in your life. He already sees it right now. He says, I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue you from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the other now live. Look, The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. And by now, I mean, Moses is like, wow, this is definitely a God moment. This is, God has heard our prayer. God is going to deliver my people. God is going to do something amazing. He's heard our cry. My people are suffering. They're in slavery. They're, 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 They're hurting so desperately, and they've been crying out to God. And finally, God, praise God. Thank you, God. That you're going to deliver the children of Israel. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I think I'm just going to have church right here. He would say, "Oh, this is awesome." And then verse 10: Now go. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold, hold up, hold up. I was having a real good time in your presence, Lord, thinking about how Pastor Phil and Pastor David, you know, and Pastor Crystal, and all how how the, how the the elders and all them were going to go out and help you free these people. But wait, wait, wait. What do you mean, me? Now go. He said, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. What people, what group is God calling you to free from the slavery of sin? Just bow your heads for a moment, Lord. We love you so much. I thank you for your presence. Lord, I'm not worthy to bring this truth. So I just pray right now that they would not hear my words. They would not see me, but they would hear you somehow speak through this vessel, the words of truth you have for us. You want every one of us, Lord, to be a victorious Christian. You want every one of us to be an overcomer. And Lord, really, that's only going to come when we answer the call that you have upon our life. We just pray that you would speak to our hearts in the next few moments in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 If you're taking notes, I want to look first of all at Moses' protest. As we look at Moses' call, he had some protest right away. How many of you know that that's probably how, exactly how we're going to act when God calls us? Because here's what I know. When God calls us to do something, he calls us to do something greater than we are because we can already do what we can do amen (laughs) i can already do what phil can do i can already do what my strength will help me do but i can only do what god calls me to do with god's help Amen? And so this was a big thing. And so, you know, I, I've told you the story many times when God called me to be a pastor and I had protests. Believe me, I had them. Listen, you know me. I, I haven't even finished college. You know, I wasn't that good at it anyway. And, 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 and you know, I'm not that great at, at talking in front of people. In fact, I get cotton balls in my mouth and, and I'm just a mess. And, and I don't even know how I would ever be using it. And I, I gave him all kinds of excuses. He didn't listen to one of them. He just said, that's all right, Phil, I want you to be a pastor. And I'm so glad that I said yes, but I'm worried about what would have happened if I had said no. So I don't want us to beat up on Moses too much because if I don't miss my guess, probably most if not all of us at one time in our spiritual journey have had a couple protests when God gave us a call, amen? Are you ready? The first thing he said is I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Who am I, Lord? Who am I? Well, guess what? If that's ever been your protest, my answer is you're right, you're not. You're not. God makes us worthy, God makes us worthy. I'm not worthy, you're not worthy, we're not perfect. The only one that's perfect is God, so the only way we will ever be perfect is if we let God, watch this, be perfect through us. So he wasn't lying, listen, he was telling the absolute truth, you're right Moses, you're not worthy, but that was the first reason, first excuse he had. Who am I? Look at verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out out of Egypt. Who am I? I? I'm nobody. And God said, that's right. That's why I'm calling you. His second protest was this. Lord, I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped. I, what will I say? I don't have any degrees. I don't have any training. I, 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 I've, I've never I've never done this before. I I have a difficult time leading these sheep. And you want me to go lead a, a million plus Jews out of Egypt? Really? Come on. Verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they say to me, what's his name? Then what am I going to do? Then what do I say? Then how am I going to do? It? I you know, should I have a lesson? Should I have an outline? Should I take my pad with me? You know, should I study? Should I look into some into some some uh commentaries and and get some definitions, you know, and and should I study for a few years? No, no. God said, here's all I need you to do. Just say, I am who I am. Just look at them and say, The God who has called me says this. This is all you need to know. He is, I am who I am, and He's come to deliver His people out of Egypt. You know, it's okay to admit you don't have all the answers. Come on. It's okay. In fact, tell the person beside you you don't have all the answers. Just tell them they need to know that. And then tell the other person you don't either, so we're we're even, all right? We're even. We're even. (laughs) All right, on the count of three, I want you to look at me and say, Pastor, you don't have all the answers. You ready? One, two, three. You're right, I don't. That's why a lot of times when I'm saying something, maybe in staff meeting or board meeting or I'm explaining something, I'll say this. At least this is what I think I think. (laughs) This is what I think I think. Because tomorrow I might think something else. Because someone smarter than me might come along and say, that's what you think you think, but this is what you ought to be thinking you think. And I go, okay, well then I think I think that now, right? Ain't it great? Ain't it great not to have all the answers? Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Number three, I'm afraid of what might happen. How many times have we said that to the Lord? I'm afraid of what might happen. What if they don't believe me? What if, what if they say, you know what? We don't believe you, Moses. Because you remember in the story, he had killed an Egyptian and ran. Now, he was protecting his own people, but I mean, they're not going to believe him. Who's going to believe a murderer? Come on now. Come on. What have you done in your past worse than murder? Nothing. Nothing. So don't be bringing up your past and telling God that it is you're not worthy to go into your future. Come on. God uses you where you are to make something different and better where you need to be. And God has a future for you, and that future is to be an overcomer. Come on, God wants to come into your life and make you an overcomer over every protest that you might have. Well, I'm, I'm afraid of what might happen. They might not believe me. They might look at me strange. They might they might uh, uh, condemn me for my past, or or they might say, "No, we're afraid of uh, of, of following you because you've never done this before." And and, and you know, I, I just don't know what will happen. Look at verse 10, then Moses said, or or verse verse 4, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Oh, come on. You know what I learned a long while ago? When God gives me a vision, I'm very, very selective who I share it with cuz you got people that'll just they get out their spiritual machine guns and and give you 15 reasons why it won't even happen and you're not even done with your story yet. Amen. Come on now, church, we need to look at him and say, "All right, okay, if that's what God told you to do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to believe it with you and we're going to trust God to make it happen because you know, and look at him, cuz you're not worthy enough, you're not smart enough. Let God do it and he can do it in your life. Come on. And I believe that God has something great for every one of you. So I'm going, to, I'm going to steamroller all of those critics that have been telling you to not answer God's call. I'm just gonna blow them down and blow them behind me. And I'm gonna tell you, if God's calling you to do it, God can help you do it. Amen. And we're just gonna believe it in Jesus. That's right, come on, give a good amen on that. I believe it. The Lord has not appeared to you. What are you talking about? God's not calling you to leave South Florida and go live in Columbus. What are you talking about? Oh, yes, he is. And if I don't go, I'd be afraid of what happened if I didn't follow God's call. And that's true every time God calls me to do anything. And then number four, if you're taking notes, I'll make a fool of myself. Now, this was my prayer to the Lord. Lord, you've heard me. It ain't pretty. I, I, I make a fool of myself, Lord. And up, of that time, up until that time, I had preached one time. When God called me to pastor, I was in my early 20s, and I had preached one time when I was 14. And it was because my grandma was the pastor of the church, and she asked me to preach, and I couldn't tell her no. And thank God it was on a Sunday night... She wasn't the pastor, I guess, at that time. She was, she was uh, just one of the leaders, but, but uh, she told the pastor, my, my, my grandson needs to preach. And so on Sunday night in Peebles, Ohio, I preached my first sermon. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? He said, well, just preach what's on your heart. So I started in Genesis one and I ended in Revelation. Why are you laughing at me? This is my first sermon. I was very excited about this. It lasted 45 minutes. I have no idea what I said. And when I walked off the platform, I said, Lord, please, don't ever, 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 ever ask me to do that again, please. Please. And I'm in it went into college and we were in song, you know, singing groups and, and I sang bass for the quartet. And, and, uh, so we would take turns saying things between songs and I always had my turn. And so when it was my turn, I would talk and I would have it all framed and all ready what I was going to say. And by the middle of it, the cotton began to build up in my mouth. And then there's little cl- Have you ever spoken publicly when that little cl- 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 does that right in the, bu- right in the bu- middle of a, of, a, of a like that like where did that come from I, I don't even know where that is i'm not swallowing just my adam's apple decided it was going to come up into my mouth right and i'd be sweating profusely and, and i was a mess I was, thank you lord that's done just let me sing another song that was my conversation with the lord i you lord you know i will make a fool of myself right he said yeah i know that <laughs> but it's okay I'll be there for you. Couldn't have been a better, better church? East Enterprise, Indiana, a little Wesleyan uh, church in East Enterprise, Indiana. Uh, there was about uh, uh, twenty people there or twenty-five people there when I started pastoring, or eighteen to twenty, something like that. And and and, and uh, when I began to preach, they would listen and they would care and they would love me and they would come up to me and they would lie and say good, pre- good uh, sermon, Pastor. And and I just loved it and I forgave them. Thank you for lying. You're still a believer. Thank you. And anyway, they were just really nice to me one time while I was preaching this guy walked in he looked like he looked like Moses actually white hair white beard had this big Bible and another book I, I, and I figured out later it was a commentary he come in and he sit back in the back row and, and he would listen very intently to my preaching and the whole time he's thumbing through his Bible and he was writing with his pen like that And I go oh no he's gonna fix me when this is done he's gonna tell me well that was wrong and that was wrong that was see I told you Lord this was a really bad idea you ought to call moses to be the preacher of this church i'm not the preacher of this church and so i went back to the back and sure enough he makes a beeline to me he puts out his hand he tells me his name he said i just wanted i just want to have a conversation with you when everybody's gone if that's okay i said yes sure that'd be great i just can't hardly wait to hear how bad i did on my sermon and you know what he did he said pastor I tell you, I really appreciate your sermon today. What you said was great. And when you said this, I thought of this. And I went to this scripture and I wrote this down and I circled it, this Bible. And I said, will We hold on just a minute. My, my office was just right off to the right. I grabbed a pen and paper and I started writing down what he was saying. You know what he did? He didn't tear me down, he built me up and he made my preaching even better. He grew. God sent him to me in that moment because, listen, I was not ready, willing, or able at first. But God said, If you will. Be willing, I will help you be ready and able. Amen. That's what God does for you. So yeah, come on, let's just make a fool of ourselves right now on the count of three. Just do something to make a fool of yourself. Come on. One, two, three, come on, make a face, something, come on, do something. <laughs> Pastor David said, "I'll just sit here. No. You're way too good looking for that. All right. Verse 10 of chapter four. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Remember, he had a speech impediment. He stuttered. I can't even talk to my friends and my family without stuttering. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So now what? Moses has a choice. Is he going to believe all the stuff he's filled his own head with? Or is he going to eject that and let God fill his head with heaven's identity? Come on. Well, you know the story. He said yes. In verse 18, we see so Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father in law, and said to him, Please, let me go and return to my brethren. are in Egypt and see whether they're still alive. God has called me. Wow. Can you imagine that conversation when Moses got back home? They're sitting around the campfire that evening and you may wonder how I know there's a campfire. It's because I've watched The Chosen. (laughs) They've always got a campfire. If you really want to get spiritual and be biblical, put a campfire in your backyard. (laughs) And they're sitting around a campfire and Moses starts sharing his story. Yeah, I was out there and, and I saw this burning bush and I go, yeah, okay. There's burning bushes. It's the desert. We get it. Yeah, but it didn't burn up. What do you mean? It just kept burning and it just kept burning. I mean, it should have been done and it kept burning and the bush was still there and it kept burning and it kept burning. They said, no, oh, wait a minute, somebody take his, take his fever. I think he might have COVID. I'm not sure. I, something's wrong with that guy. Take, have, did you wear sunblock today? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. It happened. God spoke to me from that bush. Can you imagine how awkward it was for Moses to tell this story? A burning bush wouldn't go out. God's voice calling me, and that's not the end of it to deliver the children of Israel from slavery under Pharaoh's reign. You know what I love about this story? Jethro didn't say, Oh, God didn't say that. He said, Let me go. Let me go. Moses had to learn some things in this process. And this is what I want you to learn today, because if I don't miss my guess, we've all had one, two, or maybe all of those protests when God comes and gives us a call. So Moses had to learn some things. Are you ready if you're taking notes? Moses had to learn the difference between pretending and practicing. You see, I believe that we have to practice. Who God has called us to be. Because here's what I, here's what I said to the Lord. If I get up there and preach, I'm just going to be pretending because I don't know what I'm doing and I'll just be making a fool of myself. And I, they'll, they'll see through me. They'll know that I'm not eloquent. They'll know that I'm not educated. And God said, no, no, I want you to just get out there and practice what I've called you to be. And if you're worried about this whole concept, it's okay, because every expert in the medical field, to my knowledge, is still practicing. Hello. Come on. You get it? Every doctor, what do they do? Well, I practice medicine. Well, I hope you get it sometime. Let me know when you do. I'll be there. Amen? Come on. Quit practicing. If you don't have it by now, and you've been in this for 30 years, we got to get past the practicing. We got to become an expert. Amen? Amen? But when you first start out, you've got to practice. Well, how do I do that? I practice through rejoicing and thanksgiving and believing and proclaiming that God has called me to his future. And you got to say it like you believe it, because you believe it, because God said it, and it may feel weird, it may feel strange, it may feel like you're a fraud, but you're not, because you're not saying your words anyway, you're saying God's words. So practice saying God's words. Some of you may, as we're having worship time and maybe you've never raised your hand in worship or maybe you've never said amen and you've got people all around you that might raise their hand or maybe say amen. Maybe you've never clapped before and you look around and maybe the Holy Spirit already in your spiritual walk and says, you know, you could raise your hand. You say, I don't want to do that. That's not really me. I, 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 I don't want to be fake. No, no, don't be fake. Just put it up there because God deserves it. Practice worshiping and watch what follows, I'm telling you. Watch what follows if you will practice the word of God. If you will read the Word of God and believe in the Word of God and believe that praise is a sacrifice, get out of your comfort zone. If you believe that, that 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 ministry is a sacrifice, get out of your comfort zone. Quit pretending. Just practice what God has. Are you ready? Number two. He had to learn the difference between present past and present future. Present past is allowing things from my history, from my background to come into the present and stop me from realizing my calling. Lord, you heard me when I talked in front of people. I can't talk. When I'm done, I'm ready to go hide in a hole. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go just, just curl up like a baby in the corner and hope nobody heard it. Why are you asking me to do that? Because I need you to. Okay, but why? Because I need you to win souls for Christ and lead people to the Lord and help them grow in their faith. Yeah, but why me? Would you just trust in me with all your heart? Would you quit trying to lean on your own understanding? But would you just follow my call and give me praise? And I'll show you how. That's Bible right there in case you didn't recognize it. Let me tell you what the cross does. The cross will set you free from your present past. The present future is where God, oh, watch this, where God is, like I said last week, is already in your future, and you're already in your present, and he's walking towards you and say, I've been there. It works. Come on. Let me show you. (laughs) I've been there. There's souls to be saved. There's lives to be changed. There's hearts to be mended. I've been there. I live there. I've seen it. Come on. Come on. Come on with me. I got this. I got this. Let the past be the past. Don't let it hold you back. Come on. Come on. I got this. Hold your hand. Hold my hand, and I will bring you through to the future. And he had to learn that. He had to learn that. He had to know that God was going to be the helper that he needed to make it. And then the next one. He had to learn the difference, oh, I love this, between baggage and luggage. Big difference. The enemy wants you to have a lot of baggage. The enemy wants you to hold on to all that stuff that happened to you in your past. He wants you to get bitter about it. He wants you to hold on to it and, and lose sleep over it. He wants you to hang on to it and, and, and just, and just kind of caress it and make it yours. And he, In fact, he wants you to think that it feels good when you're feeling bad. You ever met somebody you, you think the only way they ever feel good is when they're feeling bad? Huh? Don't, don't point at them. Don't nudge anybody. Come on. You're going to get me in trouble now. He, he wants you to And so he wants that to be baggage. Having baggage is... It's like going on a trip and allowing someone else that has no idea, that doesn't even know you, pack your bags for you. And when you get to your destination and open up your bag, you got all this junk, all this stuff. You say, man, they must have really hated me. I can't imagine needing a curling iron. <laughs> huh? What's his fingernail polish for? What are they trying to say about me? What, you know, how many times have we said that about people? What are they trying to say about me? What, where are you going with that? Why are they saying that? Why, oh, just forget all that stuff. Pack your own bags. Come on. Now baggage weighs you down and keeps you from moving forward. Watch this. Luggage, when unpacked, gives you the tools you need to live in the future. Baggage belongs to our old nature. Baggage is dead. Jesus died for all of that so that he could turn our baggage into luggage. Now, what we have in our lives is luggage that we haven't unpacked yet. It's the cross of Jesus that changes it from baggage to luggage. Let me illustrate it this way. You get to the airport and you've got this bag depending on how much you pack this big there's no carry-ons okay this thing's this thing's got to be checked all right So you walk up to the counter they said you checking that bag no no I'm, I'm taking it with me Well sir you can't take that with you that's too big no this is, this has got some really precious stuff in here I I got to hang on to this 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 is this is my this is my past this is my stuff No no you You've got to let go of that if you're going to fly. I can't let go of it. I got to hold on to it. Do you know how ludicrous that would seem? You know, I want to go. I want to go to to Florida, but you're not going to let me go to Florida unless I carry my baggage. No, no, no. Don't. You say, well, do I not get to take it? No, you got to check it. You got to check it, and we'll put it in the hands of someone else. Come on, stay with me right now. We'll, we'll take that baggage, and we'll give it to someone else. Watch this. And they will take care of it for for you. And then when you need it again, they'll give it back to you. Come on. So all that baggage we've been holding on to, we've been holding on to it and it's been keeping us from going wherever we need to go. And Jesus is saying... If you will give that to me, I'll hold on to it for you. And one of these days, you may need a little bit of it, but it won't be baggage anymore. It'll be luggage. Why? Because watch this. Along the way, when we need to unpack some of it, Jesus hands us a little bit of it and says, okay, unpack that bout with cancer that you had a few years ago. I've got a child over here that needs a little bit of help with cancer right now. And he said, unpack that addiction that you had back in those days because I I can trust you with it now. You're not going to hold on to it. You're going to use it to help somebody that's in addiction and you're going to help them with that luggage. Do you see? You're going to take that path that once was holding you back and Jesus went through the blood on the cross. It's going to change it into luggage that will change the lives of those around you. That is God's call on your life. We shall overcome. God will be our overcomer. We're not overcomers, but I want to tell you who is Jesus Christ in his power. Amen. And if I don't miss my guess, somebody in their heart, something is stirring in you. It said, well, maybe, maybe what, if, what if I did let go? What if I did let go? Can I really trust him? So I ask you, what is God calling you to do? Last week, we told the story of the guy that said, I live on the other side of yes, That's where God wants you to be. In fact, if it's not a big old huge call, it's probably not God anyway. It's probably the pizza from last night. (laughs) Don't eat pizza tonight. And if you still have it the next day, then think maybe it's God. Understand, get this, that your calling is not for you. Now, it will make you a better person. It will make you a stronger Christian. But your gifting and calling is for a people group out there. And I wonder what people group is waiting for you to answer the call. Where would the children of Israel be if Moses said, nope, I'm out. No, not doing it. I can't even, I'm not, 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 not doing it, you know. That's what really had a stutter. God said, that's okay. Knowing God, he probably said, I I think it's kind of cool. I think that's cool. Say that again. That was really neat. It didn't bother him. You do know that nothing bothers God except for sin. Nothing takes him off guard. Nothing overwhelms him. So whatever God's calling you to do, he's got a people group that's waiting for you. A lot of this I'm sharing with you came from a guy called Graham Cook. And he said this, we look at Moses and we may be tempted to say, I would never resist God like that. We all have our own story. Some of us are playing the role of an extra in our own story. And we're letting our baggage define and dictate the outcome of our life. How many of us are just playing an extra? Who can tell me? Just shout it out to me. Who can tell me who the star of the Ten Commandments was? Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Now you now I know your age. <laughs> they do play it every year. So that old dude, that's Charlton Heston. For those of you below the age of 40, maybe. <laughs> who can tell me the name of that one person way out there in the middle when they were crossing the Red Sea? You know, the one with the hair. What was their name? What, extra exactly and you know what they did they stood there and said okay extras move everybody move to the left okay extras everybody move to the right to the left to the right country song cue no <laughs> i don't even know what I, I know there's a song where everybody does this the whole time I, in their song and then they go forward and then they go backwards and you know, and there's somebody up front. Go to the front. Go to the back. All right. Go to the front. Keep that up. I got to use the restroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> right? And how many of us, many of us in life That's what we're doing? They said, I should do this. They said, I couldn't do that. They said, there's no way I was capable of that. They said, I shouldn't do that. He told me not to do that. She told me I should do this. They told me I shouldn't do that. I read a book that said I should come down here. And then I went to a conference that said I ought to come up here. And then I watched something on YouTube that said I ought to be over here. And then I went to church and my pastor said I ought to be over here. I'm so confused. I don't know where I am. Well, you know what? If you will get this concept, God will tell you where to be. Oh, come on now. God knows right where you need to be. He created you just as who you are. Wow. I'm having way too much fun this morning. So I ask you today, when are you going to stop letting the baggage of your past dictate the outcome of your future? When Moses finally settled all of these issues, I want you to look at verse or chapter seven in Exodus. If you've got your Bibles, open to chapter seven. If you have your app open there in the Bible, go to Exodus seven. I'm going to read the first seven verses. And i want you to see what happened when he finally settled these issues so the lord said to moses see i have made you as god to pharaoh now god wasn't saying that moses was going to be a god or that he was a god he said to pharaoh you're going to be as a god because he's going to look at you and say how in the world Did this shepherd dude from the desert, how in the world did he conquer me? How in the world did he outsmart me? He will think Moses must be some kind of God. He's a, he's a more powerful version of me. That's what God is saying. You will be as a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Verse 2, you shall speak all that I command you. And Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of this land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so. <laughs> Don't you love that? Sort of underline that line. Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses, watch this, was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh so if you're 80 years old it's time for you to get busy God's giving you a call you're never too old you're never too young God's got a call for your life quit making excuses I want to tell you something there is such an incredible blessing on the other side of God's call I can't tell you but I can promise you it's going to happen I can't tell you what it's going to look like I've not been there but I can tell you what it's going to feel like and there's nothing like it to be in the center of God's will and know that you've answered his call and watch him work in your life there's nothing like it so as the praise team comes I want the whole team we're going to sing that third song again I just believe that God is calling and stirring hearts this morning to do something to do something show that I'm going to live on the other side of yes here's those three things in your notes in order to follow God's call I have to see it I've got to see it I've got to look into my present future not my present past secondly write this down I've got to own it this is mine. It's not pretending I'm going to practice it. This is mine and I'm going to practice it. I'm going to do it in faith. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. And then, number three, you've got to steward it. That means I'm going to turn my baggage into luggage, and I'm going to steward my past all of my hurts, my habits, and my hangups, I'm gonna turn it over to Jesus because God is calling each of us to answer the call. I want you to stand for a moment. We're gonna sing this song just like we sang it a minute ago. This is our closing altar call well, what's an altar call? Well, it's a call <laughs> to come to the altar and say, Lord, I embrace your call in my life. You may not even know what it is yet. That's even better because God's going to show you if you're willing to listen. Maybe he's been showing you what your call is and you've been resisting. It's time to let go and live on the other side of yes. Maybe, perhaps, just this morning, the Holy Spirit has stirred something inside you. This is what I have for you, son. This is what I have for you, daughter. It's time to say yes. I'm gonna get out of the way, and we're gonna start to sing. I hope, I trust, that we will stand out and step out and say, yes, Lord, I will answer your call, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be passionate. In fact, don't let that stuff get in the way of it being real and saying, yes, I will follow you. So as we begin to sing, You can come, you can stand, you can kneel, you can pray. And let's just ask God to show us his way. Come on, let's sing.
0: Sing, he knows. He knows my name. He knows my name. How he walks with me. Oh, how he talks.
3: I'm gonna deliver him out of the hand of the Egyptians. And when he said, and I'm gonna use you. So I wanna tell you something. If you really understand what God is saying today, there should not be room around this altar. Because this is something every believer needs to come to every point. Whether you've already answered the call or whether God's calling you to answer the call, I just want us to say, Lord, I surrender you. If it's time to re-up your surrender, we need to pray. If it's time to just save for the first time, we need to pray. I don't know what we're worried about, but I want to tell you something. Quit worrying about what people will think. Quit worrying about what God might ask you to do. We serve a great big God, and He's going to call you to do great things. And I'm going to say, before this service is out, I know there are several people that are just waiting, itching, asking, wondering. Should it be me? Should it be? My answer is yes. My answer is yes. My come now answer the call this is your moment ask God will you be will you show me your way come on let's sing it a little bit more I'm gonna give you an opportunity praying about it I didn't come forward but I'm praying about it I'm thinking about it I feel God stirring me inside I'm not sure what it means but I'm thinking about it would you just raise your hand across this room come on let me see your hands yes 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 all across this room in all four sections there's hands up okay you can put your hands down here's what I do I'm not going to call you by name I'm not going to embarrass you but since since you admitted since you said God's thinking about it I'm going to give you one more opportunity. We're going to sing one more verse I guess or chorus whatever is next and I'm going to give you an opportunity. Come on. Don't let this day end without a breakthrough. Come on. God wants to give you a breakthrough. I don't those of you that know me, I don't do this. I don't procl- I don't prolong altar calls i just feel like this is a time this is a moment that i feel we should not pass up you say well what's the significance of walking forward if you walk forward you can't convince yourself when you walk out those doors that you didn't say yes because you stayed in your seat you don't have to say anything you don't have to pray anything Just take the walk. Just take the walk and go back to your seat. Just take the walk and say, yeah, Lord, I walk to your call, whatever it is. You may not know what it is today or tomorrow or next week, doesn't matter. Come on, church, just take the walk. Just take the walk and let God do the rest. This is it, this is it, our last rendition. This is it, if no one comes, That's okay. We're going to close out. But I want to give you one more opportunity. If you have not already walked up, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Come on, team. Sing one more time. Thank you, Jesus. So he knows my name. prayed that prayer, if you took the walk, I just want to say, welcome to the rest of your life. (laughs) This is, this is the great adventure. God has something great in store for you. (laughs) And I just want to pray over all of you right now, and then I want to give you a little instruction. I know we've gone a little long but i want to tell you something 10 years from now we won't remember the service we won't remember the sermon but we'll remember the moment that we said yes lord i thank you for every person today that by the grace of god in faith have stepped out to answer your call in their life whatever that might be lord i know it's going to be a great big call and i know you're a great big god and i know you will help us rise to the great big task because you're just that awesome and i pray lord that we would just seal in our hearts this very moment eleven fifty-five a.m on sunday morning september 5th 2021 is the day that i said yes that god would call me into my future lord hold our hands lead us into the future you're already there show us your ways and your path we trust you for it i pray a blessing i pray today would be over and abundantly blessed for those that say yes just as a way to seal in their hearts that you've got this oh god double their blessing today in a mighty way i pray lord they just have a hard time even going to sleep tonight because of how blessed they are and excited they are for what you have in store for them and i know you're going to start showing them maybe you already have what that is and they're going to rise to it by the help of the holy spirit to do something great and mighty for the kingdom i believe it with all of my heart and i trust you for it in jesus name amen amen now do this for me this is a very key and important prayer that you prayed today. The first time I really prayed a prayer like this was at an altar in Hope Sound, Florida, back where I grew up. And I just laid it all on the altar. I just said, Lord, whatever you have, I had no idea what it was. I I didn't even know I was going to be a pastor. It's a good thing. I might not have prayed it. (laughs) No, I would have, I was serious. I was serious that altar is still there. Pastor David, this altar still, Pastor David got saved at this piece of wood. No, I'm talking about that particular piece of wood right here that was up on, right there. It was up on another, in another church, Reeb Avenue. Come and point it to us, come on. You say, well, what are you doing this for? I'll tell you why. You know what David can do? He can go point at the very spot, where he was kneeling, right there where that box is, when he gave his height to the Lord, right there. And you and know what I do sometimes? That altar is still in Hope Sound. When I go back home and visit my parents, sometimes I'll go back into that church when no one's around, and I'll kneel down at that same altar, in that same spot, and I'll say, Lord, I still do. I still do. I still do. So remember this, because when you leave here, you turn the radio on and regular life hits you, the enemy's gonna say, ah, that was nothing. That was just emotion. No, no. I got two words for you. It's real. Come on, it's real. Come on, say that with me. It's real, it's real. And if you start getting discouraged and you begin to question, there's nothing, there's nothing special about this piece of wood other than when God shows up, according to our scripture, He makes it what? Holy ground. So when you're beginning to doubt what God did in your life today, or last week, or the week before, or any time that you've come to this altar or made a decision, I want you to just come back in here. If you've got to do it to prove to the the enemy that you're serious, come on, just take your shoes off and stand on holy ground. And remember, God called me right there, and I'm never going to forget it, and I'm never going to go back on it. (laughs) Drive a stake in the ground and believe it. Believe it. And I want to tell you something. I may not be here in person, but I'm here in spirit and we're always brothers and sisters and I'm not far. You can't get away from me. I'm not going that far. I'm going to check up on you. I'm going to make sure you're doing what you said you were going to do. And God's going to do great things in Capital City Church. Come on, I believe it. He really is. Come on, you can do better than that. If you believe it? Now I've done what they say you should never do. You can't preach over 20 minutes, pastor, you lose them. So take that first 20 minutes I said, use it for God's glory, but I'm sure glad we stayed, amen. Pastor Crystal's coming. I'm gonna ask the ushers to come at this time. She's got some really amazing news she wants to share with you. It has to do with ice cream.
1: all right our ushers here awesome thank you so much for your faithful ministry let's pray a prayer over the offering right now dear lord we thank you so much for what you've done and are continuing to do in cap city thank you for those who give to this ministry lord without them there's no way we could move forward i pray that you will just bless those givers right now the ones that are online the ones just anything lord that they can give to your ministry i pray you'll bless it abundantly for them and the kingdom and we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. Um, So again, it's first Sunday. We're having Sundays on Sunday, and they're ready. As soon as the ushers have made their way to the back, um, you are more than welcome to come up and get an ice cream Sunday, but please make sure that you put your connection card in because we're going to do some drawings for some gift cards. If you don't have a connection card, I believe there's some maybe back at the Welcome Center. Oh, yep, Connie's got them right in her hand. So if you need to go grab one, so you can enter your name for the gift uh, the gift cards, that'd be great. Um, our kids are having their own ice cream party right now, so you don't have to go get them. You can just make your own ice cream sundae, have some great adult fellowship, and the kids are having a blast in the kids' department. So we're gonna start that very, very soon. And I pray that you'll stay and just have a little sweet fellowship. I know it's weird to have ice cream before lunch, but I I think there's always a good reason for ice cream, okay? 24 seven, all right? Thank you so much for coming today and we'll get started real soon.